Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to the USC Football Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, Los Angeles' number one sports podcast network. The only place with the show for every team in LA and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? I'm Nara Wang, and filling in this week for my regular co-host Frosty Rucker is Los Angeles Times sports columnist and fellow USC Annenberg grad, Arash Markazi. Arash, I know you're a busy man traveling all over to cover events. Thanks for taking the time to join the podcast. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. And before we dive into your thoughts on USC, I know you underwent quite a transformation in the past year. Would you like to update our audience or let those who aren't aware about how your weight loss journey is progressing? Well, yeah, it was uh, a little over a year ago. It was September of uh, 2018, I guess now. I decided to kind of lose some weight or take care of myself. I was on a flight back from Mexico and couldn't get the seatbelt to fit. And, you know, it's not like that was the moment that I realized I was big, but that was a pretty uh, big turning point in one's life when they can't get the seatbelt to fit and they need an extender. So I began to take care of myself. And over the course of the past year, I've lost 130 pounds. So feeling good, it's not a journey that I'm looking to stop anytime soon. Uh, maybe I'm going to maintain the weight. But yeah, I mean, it's even surprising to me sometimes when I look at myself in the mirror and think about what it's taking to get to this point and I look at some of the clothes that I used to wear. So it's been an amazing journey. One of the fun things about the journey has been the number of people who've kind of joined me along the way, whether they've seen the changes you can make by just making the small change in your life of watching what you eat and going to the gym. So that's been really cool for me to see. It's great that you've been an inspiration for so many people, and I just want to congratulate you on taking the time to make that transition and get yourself healthy and inspiring others as well. So keep it up. And of course, if you enjoy listening to the Believe in USC football podcast, please subscribe and rate the show wherever you find your favorite podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. The website is Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com, on social media at Believe Podcast. For me, you can find and follow me on Twitter at Nara Wang Sports, N-A-R-A, W-E-N-G Sports. Arash, why don't you let the people know where they can catch you on social media? Well, I am on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I kept the very simple first name, last name, Arash Markazi. So follow me if you don't already. And yeah, that would be great. After the disappointing 2019 USC football regular season, most fans were hoping, even expecting new athletic director Mike Bone to fire head coach Clay Helton. I ran the Helton Hot Seat Scale poll on Twitter after each game, and the votes consistently showed that SC fans thought he was sitting on a scorcher. Much to their dismay, however, Houghton was retained, and the Trojans promptly went on to get blown out by Iowa in the Holiday Bowl. Arash, in your column for the LA Times making 20 predictions for LA sports in 2020, you have Houghton being let go before the calendar hits 2021. What are your reasons for coming to that prediction? 
Well, I think he will be just good enough to survive this season, but in terms of making it back for next season, I just don't see that happening. I think they will not meet the expectations that USC fans and the program, which is a team that should win the Pac-12, should be in the Pac-12 championship game, should be competing for the national championship. So again, I think he's done just enough to keep his job. I don't think that'll be enough moving forward. I think what we've seen is Mike Bone first wanted to get the athletic department in place before he made any wholesale changes to the football department. So I think while it may have seemed kind of a surprise, now that we've seen what he's done since then in terms of some of the other moves that he's made, it looks like I think he first wants to get the athletic department to his liking. He wants to bring in his own people. And then I think you'll see how this season plays out. And if it doesn't meet his expectations or certainly the expectations of the football fans, then he's going to make a move. And so I I do think that will be the case. And so you are on board with, I think, the majority of USC fans in feeling that way. And the other moves that were made after the Holiday Bowl, defensive coordinator Clancy Pendergast and special teams coach John Baxter were fired. And we still haven't seen any official announcements on who their replacements are going to be. Earlier this week, as we record this on a Wednesday, there was reports that the former Texas defensive coordinator, Todd Orlando, would be hired as the new defensive coordinator. That is not necessarily a move that would really help the USC fans feel any better, considering that Orlando's defense at Texas this past season was not as good as even USC's defense. So what do you think of those reports? Is that what you're hearing out there in terms of who might get hired for USC? Well, here's a difficult position that Clay Helton is in as he's trying to fill these positions. He's on the hot seat. He might not be here past this upcoming season. So if you're a defensive coordinator or you're a big-time coordinator who can get a stable job somewhere, it doesn't behoove you to hitch your wagon to a coach who may just be there for one season. So that was my biggest concern going into this offseason. They had to really pay Graham Harrell what they had to pay him to get him to come back, and we'll see if he decides to stay. But that's the biggest problem, I think, when you talk about him making a big swing to hire a big-time coordinator. That's not going to happen, I think, when you're talking about a guy like a Clay Helton, who unless you think you have the chance, like a Cliff Kingsbury, for example, if you don't think you have a chance to replace Clay, why would you take a job to be the coordinator for a guy who may only be there for one season? That is a legitimate concern, and that could be impacting the candidates that USC is looking at. I know a lot of people want to go after some of those pro names and guys with USC ties, but those guys all seem to be more interested in staying in the NFL, names like Chris Richard, Joe Barry. And it makes sense. If you want to be an NFL head coach, I would say you should stay in the NFL And, you know, the Joe Barry example is a perfect example because he has a commitment from Sean McVay, who's going to be there long term, to be the linebackers coach. And you may wonder, well, why not be the defensive coordinator with the Trojans? Well, again, if he left his linebackers job with Sean McVay, who's basically told him, as long as I'm here, you're my guy, and you hit your wagon at Clay Helton for one year and Sean McVay fills your role, 
you can't get that job. So it's not even so much that he wants to be a head coach or a defensive coordinator, which he probably does, but you have to look at job security. And Joe Barry has job security as a linebackers coach with the Los Angeles Rams right now. And to give that up to be a defensive coordinator with USC for just one season, again, that speaks to the fact that a lot of people don't think Clay Helton will be back to USC following this upcoming season. So the coaching train moves on. We'll see what ends up happening with USC and who they get to fill the roles of Clancy Pendergast and John Baxter. Again, earlier reports this week say that Todd Orlando will be the one taking over as defensive coordinator. Still no word on special teams. And now a word from my bookie. Want to make a bet on the Super Bowl? Head over to mybookie.ag to make your predictions a reality. My bookie is one of the most trusted sports books in the industry. Football not your thing? No worries. My bookie's got it all. From the NBA to the Premier League. My bookie has the fastest payouts, best promotions, and very helpful 24/7 customer service. If you join right now, my bookie will match your deposit halfway, all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you'll get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. All you have to do is use our promo code BLV to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code BLV to get your extra cash from my bookie. Bet win get paid and now a word from eight sleep let's talk about sleep we need eight hours of sleep one of sleep's biggest problems temperature it's tough to get good sleep if you're too hot or cold it's our pleasure to introduce the pod by eight sleep the pod is a high-tech bed designed specifically to help you achieve optimal sleep fitness it combines dynamic temperature regulation and sleep tracking to enhance your rest and recovery it learns your sleep habits and adjusts the temperature automatically. That means if you like the bed cool, your partner likes the bed warm, now you can have both at the same time in a crazy comfortable bed. For the next week, get $200 off your pod and a free gravity blanket for a total value of $500 only at 8sleep.com pro, E-I-G-H-T sleep.com pro, 8sleep.com slash pro so if you enjoy listening to us please subscribe and rate the show on itunes spotify google play stitcher luminary and tune in the website is believe.com b-l-e-a-v.com on social media at believe podcasts you can find and follow me on twitter at nara wang sports n-a-r-a w-e-n-g sports again arash let them know where they can reach out to you on social media twitter instagram facebook i think i just got a tiktok too it is arash markazi first name last name i kept it very simple for you wow you're in on the tiktok train now as well huh well, I don't know what it is, but everyone told me to join it. But it seems to be a dance app. So if I just dance, then I think that that's the only thing that really happens on there. So why not? All right. Look for your Arash Markazi dance videos on TikTok, people. <laughs> yeah. The 2020 schedule was released in the past week. So we know the dates and the opponents for USC coming up. I'll run through it very quickly. Everyone knows we are going to start off the season in Arlington, Texas at AT&T Stadium against the Alabama Crimson Tide on September 5th. 
Follow that up with the home opener the next week against New Mexico. Then that usual early conference game against Stanford up at the farm this year. Close out September against ASU. And then a short week for a Friday night game at Utah on October 2nd. The next week against Cal, followed by the Arizona Wildcats in Tucson. A bye week. We spend Halloween against Colorado at the Coliseum. And then a crazy four-game stretch to end it in November with the Oregon Ducks, Washington Huskies, UCLA, and Notre Dame. Not an easy schedule. It's going to be tough. What are your expectations based on that schedule for the season? Well, the expectations are for them not to win the South and for them not to be in the Pac-12 title game, which is why I think Clay Hilton will not be able to come back Again, I think they'll be just good enough. They won't be a below 500 team, so I think he'll be able to keep his job. One thing to keep in mind, no USC coach prior to Lane Kiffin and Steve Sarkeesian were relieved of their duties during the course of the season. The reason both of them lost their jobs is because they had lost their locker rooms. They had lost their teams. I don't think that'll be the case with Clay Helton. Again, I think he'll be just good enough to survive the season. But if we get to the end of the season and they're not the champions of the South and they're not playing for the Pac-12 title game and things of that nature, that'll be just enough for Mike Bone to kind of say, listen, I gave you one. One more year and now it's time to sever ties. So it's going to be a rough beginning and a rough completion of that season. I mean, I go back to that game in Texas a few years ago. How they were able to finish off that season, maybe because of Sam Darnold, of course, but they started one and three. And at one and three, I actually thought Clay Helton was not going to be able to keep his job during the course of that season. And they were able to turn that around to finish the season as one of the top teams in the country and Rose Bowl champions. But that won't be the case this season, unfortunately, for the Trojans. What do you think is the bare minimum that Clay Helton needs to do to keep the job for another year? Is it winning the Pac-12 South and just making it to the conference title game? Is it winning the conference? Is there a certain record he has to hit? What do you think is the minimum it takes for him to stay on after next season? My minimum is winning the Pac-12. I think realistically, maybe the minimum is at least winning the Pac-12 South and playing in that Pac-12 championship game. Anything less than that, I would be shocked if he's back as the coach. And to be honest, I guess that's why I'm shocked that he's back as the coach this season, because that, once again, last year was my thought process, that my... My bare minimum is Pac-12, but I could see if he's at least, if he's won the Pac-12 South and he's in the championship game, that's good enough for them. To strike out on both of those fronts and still keep your job, and not only that, keep your job following a 5-7 and seven season, and then keep your job when you don't have a recruiting class in the top 75. I mean, I don't know what the thought process there is. I mean, yes, I think the expectations of the fan base is higher than what it should be at times, but I don't think it's a lot to, when you just look at the landscape of the Pac-12 and you look at the landscape of recruiting, I don't think it's a lot to ask for USC to be in the top half of the Pac-12 in terms of recruiting and for them to be in the top of the Pac-12 South. So, my expectations, you've got to win the Pac-12. I could imagine Mike Bowen at least saying, listen, you have to win the Pac-12 South. I would tend to agree with you. I think in most fans' opinions, anything less than a Pac-12 title is probably enough for him to go. And you're right, it might just be enough for him to survive with a Pac-12 South 
title and especially because next year's recruiting class is expected to be much better than this year's would they be willing to possibly lose some of those recruits by getting rid of him and it always of course would depend on who the replacement would be so there is going to be a lot up in the air going into the 2020 season but again that schedule is going to be a difficult one like you said it starts off rough and that last month is a gauntlet for USC to have to go through. Yeah, I mean, when you look at where they're going to be in November, I mean, how crucial will those games be? And if they are, and let's say they go one and three, it is so key how they finish off that stretch. And if they're in a position to win the Pac-12 South and all of a sudden they go two and two or one and three, yeah, I don't think Clay Helton can survive that. Yeah, it will be a difficult one for him to survive if he does not close the season strong. And of course, if he can pull it off against those caliber of teams, then he may just end up fooling everyone again and keeping the job for yet another year. And listen, obviously, I think if USC is successful, then the fans should be happy. I don't like the fans who say that, hey, let's lose so we can get rid of them. I think we should always be cheering for USC if you're an alum, if you're a fan, to be a successful team. Now, we can have our opinions and think that it might not be so successful, but you should still root for the team to win. 100%. I mean, listen, I think towards the end of that 5-7 and season, I saw so many USC fans take that thought process and take that path of, you know, listen, I am a USC fan, but I want them to lose. For whatever reason, 5-7 and wasn't enough for USC to let go of Clay Helton. And last season, despite not winning the Pac-12 South and not playing in the Pac-12 title game, that wasn't enough. So just root for your team to win. For whatever reason, it doesn't matter what happens on the field. Maybe it will moving forward. But yeah, just I think generally speaking, right, it's always good for you to root for your team to win. If it's your school, if it's your team, it makes no sense to root for them to lose. Exactly. And now a word from Manscaped. After more than 18 months of research and development, the Manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they have successfully created the greatest ball hair trimmer ever. This new trimmer was just released, and we are the first to confirm the new and improved Lawn Mower 3.0 Manscaping trimmer is now available for purchase. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes, so you can take a longer shave. One of the coolest new features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trim. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with Quiet Stroke technology. If you're listening to me speak right now, you are one of the first people to hear about this life-changing product. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code BELIEVE. And now a word from my bookie. Want to make a bet on the Super Bowl? Head over to mybookie.ag to make your predictions a reality. My bookie is one of the most trusted sports books in the industry. Football not your thing? No worries. My bookie's got it all. From the NBA to the Premier League. My bookie has the fastest payouts, best promotions, and very helpful 24-7 customer service. If you join right now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway, all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you'll get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. All you have to do is use our promo code BLV to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code BLV 
to get your extra cash from my bookie. Bet, win, get paid. Okay, so on Monday, it was the deadline for college underclassmen to declare if they were going to enter the NFL draft in April. And there were a few USC players that we were waiting on word on whether they would officially declare or not. Most of them made the decision prior to Monday. So the only one that is going to leave early is offensive tackle Austin Jackson. He is someone that many are projecting to go in the first round, so that would make sense if he is a projected first-round pick for him to turn pro early. The others, wide receiver Tyler Vons, defensive tackle Jay Tufele, and offensive guard Elijah Vera Tucker, all announcing that they would come back to play for the Trojans again. How do you think these decisions affect USC's team going into 2020 season? Well, it's great that a majority of them decided to come back. I know the school and the coaches do a really good job in terms of giving them their draft grades and finding out where they're projected to go. And listen, I mean, if you're not going to be a high draft pick, no need to come out to be a projected sixth round pick or fifth round pick or a guy. Listen, because if you're at that point where you're projected to go sixth or seventh round, you might not even get drafted. So come back to school, try to finish your career out strong, maybe improve your draft stock. And again, put yourself in a position to get a good first contract. So I like that the majority of them decided to come back. We'll see how that plays out. But that continuity should be good. I know it's a hard schedule, but they do have a lot of good returning talent. And so it's good for them to come back. And based on those decisions, I think USC fans should be happy with the returning talent. As you had brought up earlier, some of the concerns during this offseason have surrounded the recruiting class coming in. I've talked about it on the past few shows about the fact that it is one of those things where the rankings are not something that any fan should be happy with, but there are some reasons behind it. It's a smaller class. There's a lot of linemen, not a lot of skill position players in it. What are your thoughts on that incoming recruiting class? And do you think it's really something to be super concerned about for this coming season? Listen, you could have a poor recruiting class by recruiting standards, but I've never seen a USC recruiting class over these past however many years, not in the top 75, certainly not even in the top 50, dead last in the Pac-12. And again, I don't want to knock some of these Pac-12 programs, but I've been to every city in the Pac-12. And when you're falling behind Pullman, Washington and Corvallis and things like that, I mean, come on, it's a problem. And so usually in recruiting, that's not felt for a couple of years. I mean, a lot of the players coming in are not players that you would maybe expect to play the first year, but it is a problem, I think. And so you could always find that diamond in the rough. But I think generally speaking, you want top 10 classes and you want classes that are highly well thought of. And one of the bigger problems that I had with the recruiting outside of them not having a class in the top 75 was not getting at least one of the top 30 in the state of California. You got to recruit your home state. You got to recruit your own community and you got to be really competing within your own conference. So that was my biggest problem is losing the kids from California, falling the dead last in the Pac-12 
So well, listen, we'll see how this all plays out. I think no one knows for sure how recruits will do. I think you look at some of the better recruits in USC's history. A lot of them were not five-star recruits. But that being said, you would like to have those five-star recruits. And when Pete Carroll was at the height of what he was doing at the program, they had some great recruiting classes. So we'll see how it all pans out. But I think it speaks to where the program is at right now in the minds of a lot of recruits and a lot of their parents as well. I would agree with that, although it does bear mentioning that they did sign wide receiver Gary Bryant Jr. a couple weeks ago, which did boost the rankings up above the top 70 mark. And so they're in the 50s or 60s now by most of those recruiting rankings. And Gary Bryant Jr. is, of course, a top 10 California recruit. And so that did boost the rankings. Well, there we go. For USC. And it's still, though, by rivals the last in the Pac-12, but it is in the 60s now. But I would agree with you where it's just a bad look when the top recruits in your region are choosing to go elsewhere, and especially to power schools like the Clemsons and Alabamas of the world, but also to Pac-12 rival like Oregon and Washington. So that's never good for USC to be losing out on recruits in their own backyard. So we will see the long-term effect of this year's class. But again, like I said, next year's recruiting class is already supposedly going to be back into where USC's standards are supposed to be. And again, it remains to be seen whether the coach who is recruiting them is going to be around to see that happen. Again, you are listening to the Believe in USC Football podcast. Please subscribe and rate our show wherever you find your favorite podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. The website where you can find us is Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com, on social media at Believe Podcast. Personally, you find me on Twitter at Nara Wang Sports, that's N-A-R-A-W-E-N-G Sports. And where does everyone find Arash Markazi on social media? Instagram, Twitter, you name it, Arash Markazi, first name, last name. Please follow if you're not already, or don't. It doesn't really matter. (laughs) (laughs) So before we wrap up today's show, Arash, I want to ask you one question about what was your favorite moment during your time at USC, whether it was a certain game or just something that happened while you were working on campus. What was your favorite moment as a USC student? Well, I was really lucky to be there during the time when Pete Carroll was there. It was a fun time period. Got to cover three Heisman Trophy players that, like, after they won, got to go out with them in New York. That was a lot of fun. Trying to think. A highlight moment. Man, so many of them. I think maybe after Matt Leinart won the Heisman, that was fun going out that night just because of who he is and the relationships that he had, the players who came in second, third, and fourth. So the after party, it was not only Matt was there, but it was Reggie Bush, it was Jason White, it was Adrian Peterson. If you remember, Oklahoma played USC that year in Miami. So that was kind of a cool moment, I guess. And just, yeah, I mean, it was a fun time period because whenever people talk about 
what is the hierarchy of sports in Los Angeles? I would say it's the Lakers and the Dodgers, but when they're on, USC is right below them. I think they're right there as the number three team, which is really saying something when you consider the sports landscape that we have here. So Lakers, Dodgers, and USC football. But just that season in particular when Matt won the Heisman and USC won the championship, beating Oklahoma, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, you got to be there during some great times for USC football. As I've brought up before on the show, my time at USC was not as great. I was there for the worst four years of USC athletics in history. Was that after the sanctions or what What was your no, time period? No, I was there from 94 to 98. So I'll go through it. I've gone through it before. Oh, that was the pre-bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So it wasn't the worst four years of football because my first two years, we had Keyshawn Johnson. So we got to go to the Cotton Bowl and the Rose Bowl. So we won. That's right. Okay. But then the next two years, no bowls and John Robinson ended up getting fired. We did break the long winless streak against Notre Dame. I had a winning record against Notre Dame in football. But as a whole, the athletic department, we are the only four-year class in USC history not to beat UCLA in football or men's basketball. The only four-year class. Oh, that's, that's rough. Yeah. Okay. That's not good. And there were only two national championships as a whole during that time. My junior year, the women's swimming and diving team, and then senior year, the baseball team won the College World Series. So that was it. Two national championships and never beat UCLA in football or men's basketball. The worst four years of USC athletics ever. Man. Yeah, you could definitely make that argument because you got to beat UCLA in one of those sports at some point. That is rough. Wow. So that was my four years. You win. Well, you lose, but you win on that front. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. not something I want to win. Trust me, Arash. <laughs> I feel you. <laughs> but it was great having you on and talking some USC football with you today. And any final thoughts before we get going? I will say this. I think that I've read and seen some tweets and other things on social media about USC fans being upset that Mike Bowen brought back Clay Helton and they're throwing away their hats and jerseys and whatever. First of all, that's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. If you're going to not support USC, donate your shirts and hats and things like that, first of all. Second of all, don't give up on USC. That's another ridiculous thing. If that's your school, if that's your team, you know this is cyclical. You know they're going to come back at some point. Like if you made it through Paul Hackett, and you made it through some other tough times. So while I am with a lot of fans out there that don't agree that Clay Helton should be the head coach, that doesn't mean that you don't support the team, whether you went to USC or, or whether that's just your team. So don't be that person who's throwing away their jerseys or things like that. That makes no sense at all. Totally agree with you. Thanks for saying it. So for special guest Arash Markazi of the LA Times, I'm Nara Wang. Thanks for joining us for episode 21 of the USC Football Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, Los Angeles' number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team in LA and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? And as always, please remember to fight on. 2020. A new year. It's the perfect opportunity to take your business to the next level by hiring the right people. But finding qualified candidates can be challenging. ZipRecruiter.com slash begin makes it easy. ZipRecruiter sends your job to more than 100 of the web's leading job boards. But they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes and finds people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. 
As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one, spotlighting the top candidates so you never miss a great match. It's so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash begin. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash B-E-G-I-N. ZipRecruiter.com slash begin. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.